I am now recording. And you want to you want to do our clap? Okay. One, two, three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. Today I'm talking to Stephen Fullwood. It's the two of us. Uh, Seth is out today. So, Stephen, how you doing? Yeah, pretty good. I'm sure you're a bit colder over there, so it's it's nice and warm here. Uh, but I know you guys just had your last nor'easter, right? Like it was like a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can imagine. So I, I miss New York. But uh, so today, uh, you know, last few times we've talked about uh, uh, madness in America. And today I propose to Stephen that we talk about uh, liberty versus security. So uh, obviously those are kind of abstract concepts. But by that, essentially, I mean uh, freedom versus uh, protection. So uh, I would suggest that they exist on opposing uh, sides of a spectrum. So you can have, you know, take, for example, a prison, uh, maximum security, uh, probably a high degree of safety for the most part, except, you know, obviously when uh, prisoners are being neglected or abused by guards or, you know, things, <laughs> awful things that obviously happen in prisons. And on the other side of it, you would have uh, you know, sort of maximum freedom where, you know, very, very few restrictions uh, with either uh, through a police force or through a rule of law. And that in what we came, what prompted this was um, a, a study that was recently completed on the dramatic decline of violence in the United States. So, I mean, Everyone outside of the Trump administration knows that violence has dramatically decri- declined in the United States in urban and suburban areas for the last 30 years dramatically. And uh, the study looked at a variety of causes. Uh, the primary contributor, uh, the argument goes, was uh, a shift in community policing, um, a lot of NGOs, non-governmental organizations active in, um, in these communities uh, after-school programs, all the rest of it. But one of the factors that actually did make a difference um, was the sort of what's called by a variety of names, stop and frisk, broken theories, uh, theory window, uh, broken theories window of policing is a uh, mouthful for me. Uh, but all of it basically comes down to you essentially use quote-unquote random intermittent checks of the population uh, in order to control minor crimes so that it stops major crimes. And this is a very controversial topic. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people on the left are, are uh, uh, very uh, angry about the consequences of those kind of programs. So but what, rather than get into the specific debate about whether, you know, whether they are or aren't effective, right? Because I'm sure even though the study was completed, I, I wouldn't doubt that it would take me 10 minutes to find a sociologist that would, that would uh, uh, argue against those findings. So that's not actually... What I wanted to talk about was let's grant that a broken... Th- that's exactly right. For the sake of argument, let's grant that it works, it wouldn't 
to me, and then and then I'll let Stephen jump in here. It wouldn't be surprising to me that it works, because of course it isn't surprising that the maximum use of force can reduce crime. Of course it can. Of of course of course violence can stop violence. That is war for the last you know five thousand years. So the question is, is the cost the infringement on liberty worth that price? So let's say, because all you need to do is you hire, you know, if, if you want to make, say, a city like Chicago very safe, hire, you know, 400,000 police officers and all of a sudden the city of Chicago is going to be safe, at least in violence amongst communities, may, maybe not violence from the police. You monopolize violence, right? Um, so, anyway, so Steve, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to have a conversation about that. So, where uh, is the cost worth it, um, even if we grant that it works? So, yeah, so over a, so I mean physical violence, stopping physical violence, just to clarify. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, sure. I remember this conversation, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe it's just because you're so good looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. 
Okay, so, so. Okay, shoot, shoot. No, 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 no. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask. So one, um, is, isn't every culture that one is born into is, is one is born into with a restrictions on conduct and identity. Those things are socially constructed, and so they can't be auto- they can't be fully autonomously con- constructed. And so the the problem that I the, the problem that I would see then is well the the means of access to uh, full participation in the construction of those identities. Let me make that simpler. So if you only have white people saying what is acceptable behavior, white heteronormative males making you know proclaiming what's acceptable behavior. Uh, there's no way, and you and you have a multicultural society. Uh, b- by no definition that I would be interested in is that a just society. So you have to therefore you have to therefore open up the avenues of participation to allow non-white heteronormative males to construct identities, right? And and to have the the freedom for those. Yeah, yeah, all of it. You got to open it all up. It's it's got to be. It's got to almost be like a free for all, right? But no matter no matter what. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know that we don't have an actual democracy. I mean, you mean as far as you mean the distinction between like a republic and a democracy, that kind of thing, or Yeah, so there, there is no doubt. There is, uh, yeah, there is no doubt. You're, you're, of course, you're right. There is no doubt that uh, that enfranchised uh, brokers uh, do their best to continue to disenfranchise those people that they fear are going to want to vote them out of office or disrupt existing, you know, economic uh, and cultural power structures. No doubt, um, and and so, and so, uh, but. At least at this stage of our social development, to me, it seems not clear, but at least arguable that the means and the tools to the flipping of those scripts and the, like, knocking those people on their ass are currently at our disposal, Right. It may be that there's a tremendous amount of work to do. It may be that those people are not going to go gently into that good night. Right. I mean, we just had an election which showed that those forces are not going to go quietly. But I don't know. But I I don't know that we don't have the tools to win. Like you didn't have like the You didn't even have the like you had to in, in the 60s. Right. The 50s, the 19th century, like that was just a means of like you didn't there weren't the tools to win you were the tools were just to like even be acknowledged as being a piece on the board i mean you like you you know it wasn't even i mean we weren't even um okay so i mean i mean i mean uh i mean voter registration uh drives i mean 
um, I mean uh, sponsoring communities for uh, legal defense funds. Uh, I mean, I mean communities sponsoring legal defense funds. I mean access to discourse and publishing. I mean that uh, non-white, uh, non-dominant. Let's just call it dominant because I think whiteness starts to get a little complicated for me. Non-dominant uh, writers and thinkers. <laughs> Uh, have access has have access to the means of publication. Have access to the means of media production. Um, so, to we're getting a little sidetracked, but in a in a fruitful way. So, go ahead. What were you going to say? There is so fuck them. Let them push back. Fuck them. Like, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> right, right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mhm. 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 So it's a, it's, yeah. So it's a myth in the way that all cultural narratives are myths, 
and that they're myths that we can't live without. And that, and that, but they must have some purchase in reality, or or they just they become. Uh, I mean, this is a, just this is an ad hoc distinction I'm making just for this conversation, or they or they become a fiction, right? So there has to be like I'm drawing a distinction. I'm saying a mythology is something that can be motivating and aspirational. And in this particular conversation, I'm saying a fiction is just a story you say you tell. So, so. And I'm not saying that the United States doesn't have a problem with that. Not at all, right? I mean, it's very, I mean, there's there's lots of information that shows social mobility is not nearly as robust as people like to believe that it is in the United States. Um, but I do, I think you actually did hit on something particular about being American, which is that that myth, that mythology, and I mean this in a positive aspirational way, is alive in this country. And it is not alive in the same ways in, that I am most familiar with in a place like the UK or Germany would be the two European countries I'd be the most familiar with. It's not that no one... So, the, yes... No, no, I actually I actually appreciate the back and forth because I don't have a fully articulated position on this because if, you know, if it was a different day and it was raining and I woke up, you know, I would feel differently about some of this stuff. It depends. I, the push, the rub and the pushback that you feel, I think I probably feel that too um, in, in whether, you know, how sort of sanguine I am on this story, you know, how, how cheerful and enthusiastic I am on this. So I... I also feel ambivalent about it. We we threw ambivalence around all all over the place last week, but um, so but, but there's part of me that so just like you feel the the pushback and the rub against that, there is also something that keeps me from entirely letting it go, uh, and I I think that. I start to worry. Here's what I worry about in in relation to this and in relation to like sort of liberty versus security and whatnot. Since all of us only live, only dwell in the world within particular uh, stories and cultures and narratives about what our lives mean or what our lives mean to one another, or what they mean in the in the history of the world, whatever, right? Since we all live in those worlds, I do worry, um, and Seth and I have disagreed pretty productively around this, and I know that he, I think he probably finds me, uh, finds my position a little too optimistic at times. Um, I do worry that being intellectuals, being fully comfortable embracing progressive identities of progressive politics, I worry that, that that story of the world, of symbolic violence, of the crushing cultural circumstances of the disenfranchised in 21st century America, I worry that maybe that's not entirely correct. And, and, that, and that there has been actual, not, not just economic progress, but actual cultural movement that we have a hard time seeing because it doesn't live up to 
the version of the world that we think would be fully just. <laughs> okay. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so hard, honey, honey. <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so one of the... I do, absolutely. And actually, so I think I can tie this in a little bit more tightly with uh, the topic. Um, I, I What I want to say is, um, so if we grant that, that security can be purchased with... Uh, with uh, by restricting the liberty of, of certain individuals. That's not surprising to us. But it's problem it's not it's problematic, right? Like maybe there is actually just like maybe on the left we need to be cuz to identify myself on the left, right? Being progressive because uh, I certainly have progressive politics around identities and whatnot. So maybe we need to have a little bit more of kind of the Second Amendment verve about us. So the people that will defend gun rights. So when, when people that are protecting gun rights say that there's nothing that can be done to stop mass shootings, I, I have to believe that on some level they, of course, know that's not true because if they knew that that – if they if they wouldn't feel a need to hold on to their guns if they thought that nothing could be done to stop violence, right? You, you believe that the gun is a form of – yeah, so so clearly you believe it, but what they're saying is that they believe that their right to self-protection trumps the public need for maximum security for like say school children or for for public gatherings. So let's grant so let's say that's a good faith argument. I can enter so, okay, so what they're basically saying is that some kind of sacrifice is necessary to preserve this what they would perceive as a sacred right. So maybe we need to be okay 
with some kind of sacrifice in order to preserve the rights that we believe in most fervently. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest about what we're willing, what we are and what we aren't willing to give up to preserve a progressive agenda so we can have an honest conversation about it. Not you and I, but so as, you know, culturally as a country, have an honest conversation about it. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the one with like the the female cult leader. Is that that? Okay. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, sure. Right, 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 right. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. 
Yeah, you know, it's a... Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of the... It's a... It's... I appreciate the the nuance and the distinction because, um, you know, one of the things I was very aware of when I posed the question um, and, and, you know, as a topic for us to kind of work through is sort of the arbitrary nature of where you draw the line for, uh, for, you know, safety versus liberty. And one of the ways that I was trying to constrain the question, which you push back against immediately, which I appreciate, is that, you know, I was talking about physical violence. You know, people, a lot of people in these communities benefited from, the, from, from restrictions, from these kind of, um, these programs, you know, physical violence declined, in part because of this, not exclusively because of it, certainly not. Uh, and maybe not even in, and maybe not even in the majority of it. But one of the things that I didn't really consider and dovetails into a conversation I had with my son this past weekend was um, the kind of when you feel like you are constantly being watched or surveilled, as as you said, um, that itself impinges on your liberty. You, you need to feel, in fact, that you are not being watched in order to feel at liberty, right? I mean, you need to, if, 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 you, if you constantly feel like someone is watching you, that's, that, that may be, a, 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 if, you, if you fully identify with the observer, then maybe that's a sense of safety. I'm thinking of like, like little kids and parents, things like that, if you have a pretty stable household. Sure. Yeah, but 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 in actuality, the surveillance has to disappear, and it, it and yeah, you really that's a really it, you really open the the question up into and honestly a much more complex area than than one conversation because that it really does it does come back it does circle back to just straight up identity at that point right because. You, you clearly, if, if you are not identifying with the surveillance and you are the surveilled, that, that is an impingement on liberty. You don't feel any more at liberty. Right? That doesn't, that's, it's the exact opposite, right? You're purchase, other people are purchasing liberty at your expense. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> but he wasn't a spy. <laughs> right, right. They are, yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mhm. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen... Yeah, Stephen, thanks very much for the conversation today. I'll talk to you soon.